Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts. Head over to Hello, Karen. Hi, Jim. How are you? Oh, I'm doing okay. Been better, but I'm doing all right today. Well, that's good to hear. Thank you so much for taking my call. Well, how can I help I, you? Um, Great. Thank you. I have a drainage issue. Um, my backyard, um, naturally, uh, the water drains, you know, through to the front. And um, I put a pool in and they put in a French drain uh, along the side of my house to help, uh, you know, move the water out front. Well, I don't have any um, uh, vegetation growing along the side of the house except for the weeds, but um, <laughs> I have put like the fabric down and, and uh, bark mulch over it and leaving the, the French drain ho- holes or the grating, I think they're about maybe four or five feet apart, exposed. Okay. But what I'm finding that's happening is um, dirt from uh, the drainage of the water heading in that direction out to the front is plugging up and, and clogging up the, the top of those drainage, um, you know, the grating. And right. uh, and now it's, you know, stopped up. But I know the, the pipes under the ground are still flowing um, because I can see it coming out the front. But I don't know how to prevent uh, those drainage, um, you know, the gratings um, from being... Uh, covered up by the dirt and the silt that's kind of flowing down with the water flow out front. I did put some small uh, rocks over the top of them, but, you know, that just helped to grab the dirt coming down that way. Uh, Do you have any suggestions? Well, you said you got mulch in that area, and that mulch Mm -hmm. is probably... (coughs) Excuse me. That mulch is probably creating a lot of the dirt and and debris that's kind of plugging up the entrance into the, into those catch basins. Yeah, uh, you know what I'm going to say about that? My mulch has now flowed down toward the grave because yep. I haven't done much. So really, it's just dirt and yep. a few little weeds popping up now and then. So I haven't remulched it because I didn't, Good. I didn't think that the mulch was working because it was just kind of floating yeah. on down anyway. You would be far better off to put gravel down through the whole area there. Uh, put your weed fabric is great and then put probably two inches two to three inches of uh, gravel rock over the top of it that will stop the flow of the dirt and stuff or greatly reduce it uh, and keep it where the water going into those grates stays clean and and flows out better Okay. Now, would you recommend uh, what size gravel? Does it matter? Would you prefer a larger or smaller? I mean, I, I don't I haven't purchased well, gravel before, so I didn't know. Yeah, if it was a, a, you a know, size. there is. Um, you know, for the for something like what you're describing, I would probably go with something in the three quarter to inch and a half size, somewhere in that okay. range. Okay. And Great. what they'll no, no, what they'll normally make. Uh, you can go in and you're going to want to order this by a truckload because uh, how big an area are we talking about? Oh, it's it's probably 50 feet oh, long, yeah. six, six feet wide. Okay, so you're probably going to want to get a, a truck to bring it out. And they're going to say, well, do you want one inch minus or one inch plus or, or what do you want? One inch minus means it'll be 
one inch rock or smaller one inch plus means it'll be one inch or larger uh, but it won't go to two inch and that's probably what i would order is the one inch plus okay okay great um thank you then very you, much then you gotta then you gotta have somebody tough to spread it out for you well, that's probably a family chore, right? <laughs> <laughs> you got young kids at the house. Summer break is coming. <laughs> uh, this is true. They're going to be working, let me tell you. <laughs> Good. Well, I love child much. labor. You take care. <laughs> thank you. And I appreciate your weekly emails. I look forward to them. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye-bye. And if you want to get onto our email, uh, we have a newsletter that goes out every other week. Just go to our website, thipro.com. And you'll see a spot where you can sign up for that. Keith, this is Jim. How can I help you? Hey, Jim. I had a quick question. I wanted to do an addition onto my bedroom at my house, but I'm kind of afraid. I don't know what to look for because I got a guy to do an addition on my back porch, and it sank about a quarter of an inch. I mean, what, is, what should I look for if I get somebody to do that addition? I don't want the same problem. Yeah. Well, a lot of that has to do with how they tie stuff together. Uh, when, you, when you're doing an addition, you know, so often contractors want to leave off the beam where the addition ties to the original house. They'll say, well, the house already has a beam. We don't need to have one there. Well, actually you do because that locks everything together. And you're going to want to drill holes for rebar into the existing beam angling from down going up and then from up going down so you're crisscrossing to lock those beams together and then what i also recommend is you dig down and halfway under the existing beam so the new beam for the new addition wraps around the existing beam and with that rebar tying it all together wrapping it around that way you've locked those two together and i've actually been able to lay tile floors over a joint like that. Wow. Okay. Okay. So that's what I need to look for then. Okay. Very good. I will talk to my guy that wants to do the job for me. I'll talk to him and I'll make sure to repeat exactly what he said. Well, he's going to tell you that's overkill, but he don't have to live in the darn house when it starts moving either. Exactly. Good deal. Thank you very much. I really appreciate that. No Enjoy problem. Take care. Yeah, I, I had a house in Pasadena that I did that too, and uh, literally tiled over that joint and monitored it for eight years. Never even got a crack in the tile. You can lock them together. And like I said, though, you got to wrap the one around the other. That rebar, though, is, is a big thing. 16 inches apart, no more. And if you want to do 12 inches, that's just fine. But it's not just drill them straight in. It's crisscross. Drilling from up at an angle down, from down at an angle up, and crisscross them back and forth. And that locks everything together to where they just plain don't want to move. That's what makes a huge difference on locking stuff and, and uh, making it part of the original structure. Going down to League City. Hello, Dale. Hey, how you doing, Jim? Doing good. I've got a question for you. So I actually had uh, my storm panels up last year because of, you know, the hurricane threat that we had. Mm-hmm. And I finally, I you know, obviously I took them down and I finally got to looking at the uh, it's hardy plank or hardy, it's a frame that goes around the window. 
and the screws I've taken out have left a hump. Uh, and my question is, how do do I use a sandpaper or do I use a grinder to to get it level? And then, what do you recommend to filling it back in so I can paint it and get it cleaned back up the frames? Well, that's actually a concrete based side. It is, yeah. and the hump that you're seeing is actually the the layers. Uh, flaking up a little bit, and truthfully, if you yeah. take a hammer and slightly tap it, a lot of times okay. it'll lay back down. And okay. Hardy makes a repair kit that oh, okay. uh, has material that you can then put down into the hole. Where would I get that at? Would I get that at Lowe's, Home Depot, or who do I go to to get that? And- uh, any place that sells it should be able to get it for you. That that sells okay. James Hardy siding should be able to get it. I don't know that they necessarily carry it all the time but they should be able to order it for you okay and then uh, so you know hammer it down i would fill it in with you know but like a, very gently don't hit it hard just a slight tap and most of the time it'll lay back down into place and then what do you recommend uh that hardy paste that i put on there what do you recommend do i just use regular uh sandpaper to smooth it and you know finish it back into that hardy plank yeah, it just depends on the on the, if you've got the wood texture or if you've got a uh, smooth texture on it because you got choices. It's smooth. It, is, it smooth. is smooth. Then you, then yes. you can just do do a, a light sanding on it, and yeah, you'll be done. Okay, perfect. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. You bet. Take care. All right. You too. Bye. And, and just FYI, if it has a texture on it, a lot of times you can use a damp sponge in order to smooth it back out and that will keep the texture in there so it can work both ways down into houston mike welcome to texas home improvement hi jim how are you today wonderful i know the health issues sorry to keep bringing it up Uh, that's okay i've got some uh windows up in my uh, upper story and it's about a 20 year old house and it's got wooden windows in the bottom rail of the windows is starting to develop some rock. You have people that can actually repair windows. I don't really want to replace them. They're good windows other than a little bit of rot in the bottom rail. You know, there is a company uh, that used to do it. I honestly don't remember the name of them or even if they're in business anymore, but they used to, they'd come in and rebuild the bottom of those windows. Uh, it's not cheap, but it's, like you said, it's it's uh, actually probably cheaper than replacing the windows, and it keeps the windows looking like they originally were. Um, but honestly, I don't know the the name of the company. Okay, could just a very good handyman come in and, or can you scrape out the rot and fill it with any kind of wood paste and then smooth it? And- how, how big an area is rotted? Oh, maybe like six inches, and there's six windows, and for some reason they're all all doing it, but it's the same place. But the rest of the window looks looks fine, and I can't okay. find any rot anywhere. Okay. You know, uh, they make some wood fillers and some uh, putties that you can use on wood. If it's along a corner, I would say it's going to be questionable, questionable if that'll work. Uh, and it's going to depend on how deep it is. If it's like a half inch or three quarters of an inch deep, yes, you could scrape out all that stuff and start putting in the plastic wood or or one of those type products, fill it up, sand it smooth, and paint it again. And that would buy you years of use of that window again. Uh, So 
the, there's a putty product, but plastic wood is one that I've used several times and, and had really good luck with it. Okay. Well, I, I think I can try that myself and see see how good I am at it. Yep. Now, I'm going to give you a little trick on that, though. All right. Because one of the key things uh, is to, to get it where it, it holds into place. And so if it's not a little texture, you know, if you end up with, with just a nice smooth finish... Drill some holes right. and stick toothpicks in there, and the toothpicks will add okay. as a as, kind of like rebar to hold it all together. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, I think I can do that. Thank you, sir. You take for care. Info. Paul and Conroe, how can I help you? So we just built a new uh, deck on our house. Uh-huh. Yeah, I finished it last week, and I'm wondering how long or should I even allow that? I know you're going to have some shrinkage with treated wood. Right. And I want to apply the ready seal that you talk about a lot. Um, I don't know if I need to wait a while. The oh, you do. Is I want to, so how long you, you need to wait long enough for that wood to dry out real good. Uh, usually with treated lumber, uh, you're looking at around three months. Okay. That's pretty helpful. So, and also I've got a little bit of uh, mildew growing on a brick around that area, and I want to use that mm-hmm. spray. Uh, I don't remember exactly yeah. what you call it. Spray, spray and forget. forget. Or something like that. Yep. And I actually have some of it, but I, I know you had said before that it leaves a little film, and I don't know if I need to pressure wash that film off the wood before I apply the ready seal. No, you should not. you should be fine. I mean, I wouldn't douse the red, the, the wood with it, but uh, a little overspray is not going not gonna to affect it any because uh, it, it'll... It'll dissipate a little bit with the uh, rain and such. Thomas, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. How can I help you? Oh, yes, sir. Um, I have a, a client that I'm advising on whether to build a new house house or not. And given it's going to be a million-dollar house, and lumber, have lumber, board feet of lumber has averaged about 400 Dollars for the last five years, but it spiked up to fifteen hundred. Right. And I'm wondering, do I go to a builder and price it out today, and then just wait six months, eighteen months, for prices to come back down, or the builder ought to uh, come off that price? Sure, there might it might average out at five hundred instead of four hundred to for inflation. But this is extraordinary. It is. What would you advise? I mean, uh, waiting or going going ahead and sitting down with the builder, knowing that you're not going to go ahead with it right now with prices that they are, that they are like they are, because it, it can be it can go from a hundred thousand to two hundred thousand for the lumber. Right. Well, I, I'll tell you. I think you're kind of right on when you think six to. 18 months and I think really 6 to 8 months is about when it's going you're going to see it drop because they've been cutting wood like it's unreal and we're going to see a slowdown because of these prices just like you're talking about when that happens we're going to have an overabundance of lumber the price will drop back down maybe not to what it was but it's going to come back down but now we're then we're going to see a reverse thing because they've cut so much lumber we're going to see prices go back up because where they were cutting, you know, 10 acres out of 50, 
Now they're cutting 25 acres out of 50, and they're not going to have all these uh, trees to be cutting down in a year or two from now. So we're going to find a, a little sweet spot. It's going to go down and then back up. It's going to go down and back up again. Yeah, so there's going to be a sweet spot somewhere between 6 and 10 months probably where the prices will be down, but then the, the prices will start climbing up again. So I would approach yeah. the builder and and say, look, the the labor cost is really going to run about the same, so let's put pricing together based on where things are right now, knowing and be upfront with them. I don't want to build until after the lumber prices come down so that you can kind of adjust those prices together with them. Okay, yeah, we, we could probably just pick a number. We'll, 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 hit, we'll sign, on, sign on the dotted line when it comes back down under 500. Or, right. Or 450. Or, or, no, whatever, whatever number you want to pick. I mean, uh, but yeah, that, I mean, I would be upfront with them that, look, this, this is when we're going to want to, do that because I I honestly believe we're going to see this dip hit, but uh, probably somewhere near the somewhere during the fourth quarter of this year, and then and then over the next uh, probably a year year and a half we're going to see prices start go up again. Okay, great. Well, thanks for the advice. You bet. You take care, Thomas. And be honest with you, I believe it enough, I'm looking at a remodeling on my own house, and I'm kind of working it out in that time frame as well, uh, because I do believe that's that's what we're looking at. Randy, welcome to Texas Home Improvement. Hey, Jim. Thank you for taking my call. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Uh, I, I, had a, I had my roof replaced a couple of months ago, and I just kind of wanted your opinion on, you know, when they replaced the ridge vent, um, I noticed that the openings that, you know, channel the air into the, and rather than let the air out of the roof, out of the attic, um, are, are, are pretty big. I think they're big enough, like, for wasps to get in there and stuff. And uh-huh. it seems like there ought to be a screen there, you know? Um well- the the ridge vent itself normally has a mesh in it, in order to keep those those out. Well, the one um, I don't think the one that they put on my house has that that mesh. You know, on the socket vents, those vents are of course big enough, small enough so that wasp can't get in. But right. But I'm kind of worried about that ridge vent. Um, I wonder if that could be put on from the underside, maybe. Well, you could put something up there, but uh, I would definitely want to check to see if it's in there first because you won't see it from the inside. It's only in the part that overhangs, and it's got little, um, I don't want to say louvers, but little tracks uh, that come up on the ridge vent, and that's where they're tucked into it. And uh, like I say, normally you're not going to see them from the ground or from inside because they're not that big but they're normal i've not seen one that doesn't have them okay well maybe i just maybe i didn't look at it right or something um and and the reason i'm i'm kind of asking about this is you know 
once or twice a year, seems like we get wasps inside the house, uh-huh. and and they just come out. You know, once or twice, they're usually uh, in the same room that the fireplace is in. So I'm wondering, yep. can they uh, come down the chimney like that? Absolutely. Really? Oh yeah. You can even get birds and stuff that'll come down the chimney into the house. Wow. In fact, you know, when you watch some of the old TV shows, they'll show bats getting into the house that way and stuff. It, it's not make-believe. It, it actually can happen. That's one of the reasons when you're not using the fireplace, you want to make sure to close that damper because it will keep, you know, the bigger stuff from being able to come in. But a wasp is small enough. It could still come down. Yeah, we keep the damper closed, but there are, like, there are other vents around the it's, – it's a metal fireplace, you know, a metal engine. Uh-huh. Yeah, and, and there's vents around the, uh, I don't know what you call it, the housing or something. There's vents that <coughs> look like a vent to the chamber underneath the fireplace or something. Those mm-hmm. are big enough for wasps, so maybe they are coming down there somehow. Yeah, that, that would uh, probably be my guess. Okay, well, I'm going to check in that ridge vent again. I'll, maybe I'll talk to the supplier and see if it. Actually, yeah, there's those little screens uh, there, you know. How how tall is your attic? I mean, is it is it low enough that you can get up there to where the ridge vents are? Yeah. Um, if you'll take a mirror up there and put it into uh-huh. the into the top, uh, it'll give you the reflection off into the side there, and you should be able to see it then. Okay. Okay. Well, maybe that's all I need to do then. I'll, yeah. I'll uh, I'll try and do that. Okay. Good deal. Thank you, Jim. You bet. You take care. I have a leak in my backyard. I do not have any clogging issues or backup stoppage issues, so I don't believe it's a sewer line because there's no smell and no flies swarming around the area. The only problem I'm having is with my washing machine. It is not draining. I am not certain if these two are related. What do you think? Any suggestions? I will try to listen. And, and it, look, if I use your your question on the air like this, then I will we clip it and send you back the recording of the answer. So you'll get the answer on this. But, uh, you know, I'm questioning, and, and this is why I like the calls coming in, because my first question here would be, are you on a septic system or city sewer line? And even when you're on city sewer line... Every once in a while, if it's an older home, the washing machine is not tied into the sewer system under the home. They used to set them up on their own discharge line. And it almost sounds like that's what you have here because uh, you, you got water coming up. Everything's working except for the washing machine. And with as much rains as we've been having and stuff, the soils are saturated. So it's not absorbing the water the way it used to. And it can come up to the surface. Uh, the ground itself actually filters the water as it comes up. So it's not unusual that you don't get the odor or um, you know bugs and, and things like that around it. So uh, I, I'm really thinking, yes, the two are probably related. More than likely what needs to happen is a uh, isolation test to check your sewer system to see where that washing machine is tied in and i bet we're going to find it goes out into the yard 
somewhere and is either on its own leach field or tied in somewhere further out. And why it's done that way, I, I can't tell you if it's tied into the, the pipe further out. But yeah, I'm betting the two are related. Uh, if you want to call my Houston office, we can come out and take a look at it for you. 713-473-7156. And that's for Due West Total Plumbing. And we'd be more than happy to take a look and see what's going on with that for you. This comes from Jean and she, it says the slab is more alkaline and damaging the floors. Is there a, or a protection that can be applied to stop the damage? Slabs poured in the 70s with shale as a base. Also, does the alkaline slab damage the studs in the house and can the damage be stopped? Thanks for your answer. There's also a brick wall in the house and the base where the grout is crumbles. It was painted and that stopped it for a while, but the, the crumbling keeps coming back. Okay. Look, this is a very actually common problem, especially along the coast. Uh, Baytown was huge with this where they used a shale crete instead of regular concrete. And what they did was, and, and this was back in the 70s, it's not being done anymore, but they took the rock out and they replaced it with shell. And yes, there were some of them in, uh, up here, I believe, that were done that way as well. And what they were looking for was a cheaper way to do concrete because the rock had to be imported. Um, because especially down in Houston, there is no rock. It's all brought in by rail. And so they started using shale. Well, what they found was there's a chemical reaction with the shale that causes the problems that you're talking about here. And we can also have that problem with rock as well. A chemical reaction when the rock isn't cleaned properly and the concrete will actually start blistering on the top now there are some stuff that can be applied to the surface but none of it is foolproof the very first thing you want to do is make sure you've got no moisture around the house you've got to have good drainage if that requires french drains or something do it because by keeping the moisture away you stop the chemical reaction. What causes the chemical reaction is the moisture going through the concrete. It gets the shale wet or or the the alkaline in some some rock wet, and causes this to start happening. And so, if you can keep the drainage good, you keep the moisture out of it, you avoid the problem. So, hopefully, that'll help you out with it. Um, but as far as something that can be put onto the concrete. There are specialty companies who do have some stuff to put on the concrete. It's extremely expensive, uh, but it does it does most of the time work. And no, you don't have to worry about the studs. They they will they will be fine with it. I've inherited a couple acres of unrestricted land in Pinehurst. I've never owned a home before, but I'm planning on this financially for over three years now i have a credit score of 790 and a good job and saved forty thousand to use for this home build i'm looking for the cheapest way to build a shell of a home i'm not opposed to, to any ideas i've researched straight masonry blocks and heard it is one of the cheapest ways to build lowest maintenance and lowest insurance plus no worry of fire or termites i also 
research whole barn style homes and steel buildings. Unfortunately, COVID-19 affected everything and I'm no longer uh, uh, afford to build this house because of astronomical costs of building materials. Is there a material that has not been affected as much by our current state? I'm not opposed to any type of materials, cost and low maintenance for the top of my list. All right. I'll tell you what, take a look at a metal building, the barn dominium, not a pole barn, but a regular metal building. Yes, metal steel's gone up a little bit, but not near as much as other building materials. So you can get your shell up now and build the interior a little bit later. Like I said, in the first hour, I believe wood costs will be coming down in in the next six to 10 months. We'll have a, a slower time and then it'll start climbing up again. <coughs> with that credit score you have, I would highly recommend that you go ahead when we hit that low spot and finance the building of that shell and, and interior build out and everything because interest rates are going to climb up again. We all know they can't stay down where they're at for forever. They, they've got to go back up and you could get in on just an excellent deal right now and finance it for the next 30 years. Pay it off when you want. At those low interest rates, why not take advantage of it? You've just heard the best calls and questions from Texas Home Improvement. For more information about our show, go to THIPro.com.